dealing with the final end of the stages of the gula, of the gullus and the gula. Focus on Makas Chushach, which is a fascinating medrash and a piece from the Siva Shalom, which I want to discuss and talk about. I think it's a incredible insight in what Chushach was. It begins with the medrash. Medrash says, Mehechan haya choshechahu. From where was this choshech? If you see Omar, mechoshech shomayla. It came from the darkness of, from above. Shanamar quotes a pasuk in Tehillim, Yashis choshech sisro, tzvivosav sikaso. That's what it's pronounced. pronunciation of the Pasuk, that a Baruch who sits in Choshech is like surrounding him, is hiding him. Svivosav, Sichel, it's like covering over a Kodesh Baruch this darkness. That's the Medrash's question and response. Where is the Choshech coming from? Says the Medrash, the Choshech is coming from up above, from the Shemayim, where Kodesh Baruch is shrouded in darkness. Now the obvious question is, is that we think about Shemayim, think about the heavens, Think about Akharish Baruch Hu, think about Shemayim. The connotation of Choshech, of darkness, is certainly not one connected usually to Akharish Baruch Hu and to Ruchnius and to spirituality. Right? Or is always the way we refer to connection to Akharish Baruch Hu. It's the greatest or right? when Akharish Baruch Hu is, is referred to and the connection is always in terms of or. Choshech is always referred to the Tzaratoma, the side of negativity, the side of all things not positive, is always the connotation of Choshech. And here the Medrash seems to be saying that where this Choshech come from, came from Lamala, came from up from Shemayim, from the heavens, from the place of Ultima Ruchni, his place of Akash Baruch, Akash Baruch who himself, the Pasuk seems to say, is shrouded in some level of darkness. Darkness is not connected usually to Akash Baruch and Shemayim. That's the basic premise of the question which the Siva Shalom deals with. And he says that really the Medrash was bothered with a question. The question the Medrash is bothered with, Choshech, is that this Choshech wasn't just regular Choshech, as we all know from learning as, as, as children and something we're all familiar with. The Choshech was something which was tangible, it, was, it can be felt, it can be touched. And the Medrash says, Where's that Choshech coming from? We're familiar with Choshech, which is a lack of light, which is an absence of light, which generally what Choshech is. That's not what the Choshech that was in Mitzrayim. It was something which was actual, a creation. Something which actually was something which was tangible and real. And Medrash says, where was that Choshech coming from? Well, the Medrash came from this, up, somewhere up in, in heaven, somewhere up Lamaila. And again, the question being is that, why and how exactly is the Choshech coming from up above in Shemayim? Siva Shalom shares an incredible idea. It's based on the language of the Pasuk. Pasuk, when it starts with Choshech, it says, Stretch out your hand, Al HaShamayim, on the heavens. So just simple translation of the words, it doesn't, doesn't read well. Stretch your hand, Al HaShamayim, it should be, lift up your hands 
to the heavens. Harimus Yatcha, lift up your hands towards the heavens. What's the Teis Yatcha? Stretching your hands on the heavens. What exactly is this talking about? What does it mean on the heavens? So he quotes, he told this Yaakov Yosef, which is an earlier Sefer, the following idea. It's that Kodesh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that the way you can bring down Choshech is take the highest levels of spirituality, the highest levels of Ruchnius, the highest levels that exist in Shemayim, and bring that down from the heavens. Netayis Yatcha stretching hands Allah Shemayim on the heavens, which means you're bringing down something from Shemayim and bringing it down towards earth. And since you're taking the the R, the light, the highest levels intensity of of spirituality, and bringing it down to this world, this is an incredible thing. What that does is that the most intense forms of spirituality when a Russia interacts with that, will be the greatest form of darkness. And when a tzaddik interacts with that, will be the greatest form of light. And this, is, we'll see, is a very fundamental yesod in, in, in Ashkafa. And let me introduce it with a, with a marshal. This is, we take someone who's very disconnected to the world of spirituality, the world of Ruchnius. And you bring them into, into Shabbos. And you say, this is what Shabbos is. You can't drive a car, and you can't be on your phone, and you can't be involved with all the things that the creature comforts are used to a whole week. So the person, the more a person's connected to the physical world, the most difficult, draining experience that's going to be. They go crazy. I, I can't interact with this world and I, I can't interact with the things that I'm used to and the comforts that I'm used to. And, the, and that is the greatest form of torture to such a person. The opposite. The higher level someone's correct, connected to the spiritual world and you put them into the experience of, of Shabbos, the higher level of connection they're going to have to it it's going to be the greatest form of pleasure they ever, they ever experience. And the more a person's in tune with their spiritual side, the more pleasure it's going to be, the less, the more painful it's going to be. And the Siddur Shalom says this is the concept of Or and Choshech being the same exact thing, and depending on a person, who the person is, you'll experience it exactly the opposite. There's an idea which is found in the Svarim. He says a similar concept and it's based on this idea that Gehenim and Ganeidin are the same exact place. They're not two different places. But it's a place where it's the highest, most intense level of connection to Kodesh Baruch Hu. And a person who is tuned into that will come there and will be the greatest pleasure the person ever experienced. And a person disconnected from that will be the greatest pain the person ever experienced. The pain of disconnection, the pain of not being able to ex- appreciate what anyone's feeling, what anyone's experiencing in this world. To make it a little more tangible, it's, I mean, it's easier for men maybe to, to connect to this idea. But imagine taking a person and saying that, you know, Ganeid is going to be, you sit and learn the entire day for, for 12 hours straight. So a person who appreciates learning will be the greatest pleasure for them in the world. They want to do that their whole lifetime. They didn't have the, the, the ability, the, the, the time, right, the wherewithal to do it. And now they, have, they can just do it unended. 
And you take a person who has zero connection to that, and you say, you sit in front of a, a Gemara for 12 hours a day, it's the biggest torture in the world. You can't do anything more torturous. So that's just a, a tangible way of, of expressing this idea. But it's, a, it's the concept, which is a much, much deeper level. It means or and Choshech really are, are one and the same. It depends on, in this, on a spiritual sense, depending how a person experiences it. And the idea of what you say is in Choshech, was incredible. The Pasuk says, that Klai Yisrael had light, so the tree there was darkness. So we think of it that Kosh Baruch brought Choshech down to the Mitzrayim and didn't bring Choshech down to Klai Yisrael. So he says, no, exactly. It wasn't they brought Choshech to the Mitzrayim and didn't bring it to Klai Yisrael. He brought the same thing to both. Kosh Baruch brought down this greatest level of awe down to this great level of, of spiritual or down to this world and made it something tangible. That means it was in, in, the, in the spiritual world, it's all spiritual. Moshe's idea was the bring down from the Shemayim, make it something which is down to this world, bring that or, which is not expressed normally in this world, it's pure spiritual, bring it down to this world, and it's going to express itself differently depending for who. For the Mitzrayim, it expressed itself as pure darkness. So much darkness that it was such an intense level of spiritual that when it was came down to this world, in the way the Rishayim, the Mitzrayim experienced it, it was the most intense form of darkness. So intense that it actually was tangible, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can... And for the Kal Yisrael, Hayyarv Moshe was pure light. It was the most intense light from a spiritual sense that they felt. So it was exa- the exact same thing being brought down to this world, which they each experienced differently. This is an, an amazing thing. Another Chazal. Klaus will go to the Midbar. After leave the Trayim, Pasuk says they went three days. They couldn't find water. And they came to Mara. Famous story with the water was bitter. They couldn't drink it. It was too bitter, and Moshe had to sweeten it. So Chazal say that when it says they went three days without water, it's not referring to actually physical water. It's referring to Torah. Amayim el Torah. Amayim is often, often referenced to Torah, and says they went three days without connect, without learning, without experience the ex- experience of involvement in Torah learning. So he explains on with, with that idea. They traveled three days without water, and they came to then Mara, and they tasted the water. The water is the water of Torah, and it was bitter. How could Torah be bitter? Torah is the sweetest thing in the whole world. How could Torah be bitter? So the Shalom explains is that the more a person disconnects from Torah, the more a person is disconnected from the spiritual world, when they try to reacclimate, there's going to be a level of bitterness in there. There's a, there's a disconnection. The disconnection by itself brings to a feeling of, of bitterness, of pain, of something which I, I can't relate to. And that's what we said before. Imagine taking this person with zero connection to the spiritual world and thrusting them into a world of Shabbos, a world of Torah, a world of, of spirituality. It's the most painful thing in the world. It says that's what Klaus will experience. They went three days without Torah and then they tried to reconnect to it. it was, there was a bitterness to it. And Moshe had to re-bring them into the spiritual world of Torah and, and sweeten the water, again, the water of Torah, to be able to re-experience and reconnect to it. And he says this is the a spiritual reality which will exist in terms of a person's relationship 
with the physical versus the spiritual world. I once heard from Matthew Salman Shlita, he said that a person doesn't have unlimited abilities to enjoy themselves. <clears throat> it means we all have limited capabilities how much we can enjoy ourselves. So the more a person uses those enjoyable, the, the tendency of, of enjoyment in the physical world, that's automatically going to limit how much they can appreciate and enjoy and have pleasure from the spiritual world. And vice versa as well. And it really goes with this exact concept. It's not because, what does it mean a person has limited capabilities of enjoyment? Why is it limited? The answer is that I'm going to have it in one area or the other. The more I'm going to have it in one area, the less by the very nature I'm going to have it in a different area. Because the more I am in tune to the, into the spiritual existence, the less, I'm in, the less I'm in tune with the physical existence. Right? Imagine going to, going to Chaim Kanievsky and saying, you know, I'm going to offer you now a ride in a luxury car. And I'm going to take you, you know, across the to stroll, and you're going to experience like something you never experienced before. I have a hard time imagining if Chaim would even realize that it's a luxury car, and I have a hard time having, imagining having any, having any appreciation or any enjoyment from that. It's not because he doesn't realize what's happening. It's because when a person is so tuned into this, to the spiritual world, the idea of something in the physical world giving them pleasure is so far removed from reality they're not going to actually, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not in their realm of reality to have physical pleasure from that. And it's the opposite is true as well. Someone who's so engaged into the physical world, you try to give them some sweetness of something spiritual, they're not going to even understand what, what it is or appreciate what it is. I heard an amazing story recently of Shmuel Birnbaum, who was the Shiva the Mir. Incredible person in, in, in many different aspects. He was what was called as the Masman Hadar, the person who was was to learn for numerous hours straight with a, with an incredible joy. It's really, he, he epitomized this concept. A number of years ago, when they first started introducing the concepts of out of town Kolim, which was a Rambam Bachvogel and Yaakov Kamenetsky were the ones who really initiated this concept. This goes back. 40 years, like, I think is the earliest one. And they, they, they formed a meeting of different Rabbanim or Shashivas to introduce the concept. And Rishmol was invited, and he, he loved the idea, and said he wants to actually be one of the ones to go out to one of the cities where they think of bringing the kolo to talk and, and, and talk to the Baalbatim about this idea and, and help them f- formulate the, the seeds for doing so. He went out to a certain city, I'm not sure what city it was, a city that was pretty far removed in, as, you know, Baruch Hashem Klaus has come a long way in the past 40 years, and it was a city that was pretty far removed from the values of kolal and ter- learning, etc. And there were a number of different parts to his, to his experience of his trip. He was staying by the president of the board, that's where they, they put him up to stay, and he was going to that night to give a share, and the next day he was going to have a meeting with the people who were involved in the formation of this concept called the Kolo. And he came to this person's house, and as he was about to leave to the shear, he saw in the living room there was a big, full-size television. And he told the person, what's that? They said, it's a television. He goes, I can't stay in this house. And there was someone staying with him who had actually brought him to stay with him. And he was like, he was dying from embarrassment. Like, the last thing he could tell the president of the board was like, I can't stay in your house because your television house. And the person was very respectful. It's okay, we'll take it out. 
while the Rashi was here, and they took it out. But the person who was staying with him was a person, his name was Mikov, um, staying with him. He thought that any ability they had to make inroads in this town was lost just from that itself. And then they actually came to give the shear, and um, the shul, it was set up in a shear with men and women, and Shmuel said he has to have a mechitza. He wasn't willing to give a shear without a mechitza, and they had to put a mechitza there. The next morning, they went to da- the daven in the local day school, which at that point was housed in the JCC, and there were pictures in the place where they daven, which he didn't feel appropriate to be there. He made them cover them, and they, it was like they, the, the person staying with him felt it was like one disaster after the next. And they came to the meeting, it was like later on in the morning, they had the meeting about the introduction of the Kolo, and there was the president of the board there, and there was a me- number of the members. And Sir Michael said that it was, you know, he thought that the show were done. He said this fanatical rabbi came in, there's, there's no way we're going to bring this coal into this town. And the Sir Michael presented the idea of, of the coal. I said, you know, we want to bring in 15 um, men who are going to really be able to learn with the community members and be able to learn themselves during the day and really be an influence. And the president of the board said, okay, so, you know, what are the commitments of the town? Said, well, we need a certain salary to be able to commit it to, to support them. And some of the other members said, you know, this sounds like a lot of money you have to, to commit. So the president of the board turns to Shmuel Barmem and says, that's the amount of money that we need? Shmuel says, I think that makes sense, the amount of money. So the president of the board says, okay, Rabbi says we're going to do it. And then he said, we need, the uh, Rabbi said, we need you know, try to get housing for them, try, preferably together, they can live together. And the other members said, that's very hard. President of the board says, no, we're going to do it. And then they talk about getting white jobs for the wives. Again, the president said, we're going to do it. And this Ramakov was like flabbergasted. He's like, this president, we thought that he uh, insulted numerous times, like insulted, but he was like, just... So he said afterwards, he asked the son of this, of the president of the board, he was an older gentleman, and his son was there at the meeting as well. And it's not like, what, what happened? Like, why was your father, was, he, he was the one who was pushing everything through and really made this happen. He said the following took place that morning. So this Shmuel stayed in their house. So five o'clock in the morning, Shmuel got up, as he normally did, start learning. And the, his host heard him get up. He thought maybe he wanted to get something to eat, he wanted to drink, came down to see, like, is everything okay? So he says, can I get to, to receive anything? He said, you can get me a chavusa. He says, I'm not sure where I can get you a chavusa from. He says, no, you'll be my Harusa. Okay. He said, they sat down from five to seven and they learned together. And this president of the board said he had not ever tasted learning and the sweetness of learning from someone in that way ever before in his life. And he said that the way he experienced the joy that Rishmuel had in learning and gave it over to him as well, he said, whatever the rabbi says, I'm, I'm in. And the Sarah Michael said over afterwards that that's where Shmuel stood for. He stood for the highest levels of, of beauty and appreciation and sweetness of, in, in connection to Torah. And he was able to give that over. And as much as there were certain things that maybe they didn't necessarily appreciate, but he said when he saw that, he connected to that, there was something which he was able to see on some level, even though he wasn't able to experience it himself personally, we're able to connect to him, we're able to really appreciate that. It's interesting, someone told me another story with Rav Shmuel, a very similar story. Rav Shmuel was once on a flight to Israel, and he had a, a Talmud of his, was sitting in first class upstairs, and, and came down, and he started walking, 
He just came to, for, to get a little stretch his legs, started walking down. He sees Rosh Hashanah sitting in, in coach class. He said, terrible. He said, the Rashiva sitting in coach class. I'm sitting, he goes, Rashiva should take my seat upstairs in, in first class. So the Rashiva said, I don't want to take your seat. He goes, I want to learn with you. But Harusa, he goes, tell the person sitting next to me, he can go take my seat upstairs in first class. And you sit down next to me, and we'll learn together. And they did. They learned together the whole flight. That's, that was Rosh Hashanah who, who he was and what he, what he stood for. And many Gedolim had that concept that Rosh was able to give it over in, in an incredible way. And to me, this, this so much spoke to this concept of what the Sivu Shalom was talking about, is that we don't always have that level of appreciation of the world, of the, the actual world of spirituality, to, of what it means, or what it looks like, of, of the joy, of the pleasure, of the sweetness, of the connection. And the opposite extreme of that is someone who's so disconnected will see it and feel as burdensome, as choshech, as darkness, as something which is the most torturous thing in the world. And to the extent that we also feel that sometimes, whether it's somewhat a little burdensome or difficult or challenging, it comes from exactly this concept that spirituality will be filtered through a person on the level where they are, on the, on the, the, who they, how they develop themselves as a person who is in tune with the spiritual world versus the physical world. And every aspect of who they are and how they define themselves will be, def- will be come out through their own filters, through their own way of, of absorbing things. And as the Sivu Shalom says, this Choshech was exactly the same Choshech as the Or was for Yisrael. And brought down from Shemayim, coming from the highest levels of spirituality, when a rush experience of that, it's going to be the highest levels of choshech, the highest level of, of darkness. The more spiritual, the more intense spiritual it is, the more choshech it's going to be for those who can't appreciate it and can't connect to it. And for those who can, it's the most incredible awe and light. And it really, I think it gives us an a, a understanding of ourselves in many, in many ways, of, of how sometimes we connect more or less where there's any mitzvah that, that we have to the level that we can bring ourselves of a higher sensitivity and appreciation to the spiritual world, that, to that level, we're going to connect to every single mitzvah. Whether the joy of it, the appreciation of it, the connection to it, the, the bonding with every aspect of spirituality will be, go through to the extent that we have that focus. And the opposite, the more that, the more that, it, the more that it connects, that a person connects to the physical world and disconnected from this concept of, of ruchness and spirituality, they're going to have that much of a harder time appreciating, connecting, enjoying, having a, a chiyos, having a, a being alive for the world of, of Torah and mitzvahs. And the one last point is, is, a, is an incredible idea which is brought down Pashlach Ramos, right before the the Pasha of Arayas, the Pasha of, of all the immoral and all the forbidden relationships. The Torah says, V'chaibahem, which is the mitzvah we know of Chaibahem, live in the mitzvahs. Next, Pasuk follows with all the Pasha of forbidden relationships. And the first one says a very, very similar idea, that there's a juxtaposition between this mitzvah V'chaibahem, live through the Torah, and then the idea of Arayas, of, of immorality. Because a person will get their chiyas, get their enjoyment, get their excitement, get who they are, their passion, from one or the other. It's going to come from the world of mitzvahs, the world of ruchnias. If not, they're going to find it somewhere else, and they're going to need it 
connect to it somewhere else in the world of immorality and, 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 and tumor and choshech and darkness. It's going to come one or the other. Every person has, finds for themselves things that they get excited about and appreciate and enthusiastic about and relate to and appreciate. We all have, we all, every person, every human being needs that and has a desire for that. And we really define where it's going to come from. And the more we have that connection to the world of, of, of ruchnius and spirituality, the more we're going to have that chiyas, the excitement, the passion, the enjoyment, the sweetness, the pleasure from that world. And the more a person is unfortunately disconnected from that world, they're going to find it in other places, they're going to need to find it in other places, they're going to need to find it somewhere. And our goal is Hashem, and as Siva Shalom writes, is that every one of the makos, we're there for a lima derech avoda. We're teaching us something about what it's going to look like after we leave Klai Yisrael. The makos weren't just a punishment to, to, to Mitzrayim and a lack of punishment to Klai Yisrael. Every one of them was a limit, was a lesson for Klai Yisrael, what's going to be and what's going to be the reality after leaving Mitzrayim. It's the, the, mid, the, the lesson of Choshech was this idea that Choshech and, and the world of lack of, of spirituality and the flip side of that, how it's going to, how a person will connect to that, how a person will relate to that, is going to be very much dependent on who they are, how they develop themselves as a person in the Ruchnius versus the opposite world to be able to connect to and relate to and ultimately see it as the greatest Choshech or the greatest R, Be'ezer Hashem.